the uh, Muslim religion is spreading in the UK. Should the UK allow that to happen? Yes, I believe so. Why? In the same way that it allows Judaism to spread or any other but form of But they're attacking white girls and white women and raping and robbing and killing them. And should we allow Sharia law in America? My understanding of Sharia, yes. And what has been shared with me is that it works well with the Constitution. So we should allow in America. Yeah. If it does not supersede the Constitution, then we should, we should allow it. Welcome to The Father State. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. The Father State is on Patreon. So click the Patreon link in the description to support our work. Thank you in advance. I um, have with me Dr. Eric Greenberg, the founder and president of the Institute for Religious Tolerance, Peace and Justice. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Pastor. I, I totally it. appreciate it. You can call me Jesse. Okay. As long yeah. as you say so, I will do so. Yeah, call, call me Eric. Eric. I'm a regular guy. <laughs> okay. Are you like a rabbi, though? Or, no, or? no. I'm a college professor. College um, professor. You know, and I, and I don't want to uh, take over your, your, you know, your seat there, but no. just for a little background, I come from an interfaith marriage. So, uh, you know, I guess you'd say I identify both with my Jewish side as well as my Christian side of the family. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, but I'm not ordained as a rabbi or a minister. I'm a college professor. Nice. Teach religion. And so your father, your father was Jewish or mm -hmm. Christian? Jewish, yeah. And mother Christian? Yeah, she was Roman Catholic, and she converted to Judaism in college before she met my dad. Really? Yeah. What was it like growing up in a interfaith marriage? It was confusing. It was, it was in a lot of ways, it was... It was um, uh, enjoyable in that it pushed me to really think outside the box, to think outside of the simple dichotomies of are you Jewish or are you Christian? Right. Uh, but it was confusing, and I think that's why I went into religious studies as a profession, to yes. try to figure out the, the, the identity and the questions of what is religion and what am I, and, and no, I don't have any answers yet. <laughs> so you still don't know if you're Jewish or, or Christian? Well, I would say, and, and this may be strange for some people, but I, uh, my identity as a Jew is not exclusive to my identity as a Christian. I, I have sort of a, a I, I, I recognize um, my identity in both respects. Really? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. like being born with a black mother and a white daddy. You don't know if you're black or white. <laughs> Could be. Well, you know, Jesus was a Jew. Paul was a Jew. You know, so I, I kind of look at myself in that vein where I'm trying to understand my identity as both a Jew as well as somebody who follows the teachings of Jesus or tries to understand them, at least. Is it better to be a Jew or a Christian? I don't know. That's a... Who has the most money? <laughs> well, I know, I know that they say that, that, that uh, typically or, 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 or statistically Jews have higher earning potential in yeah. the United States. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I know plenty of poor Jews. I, I've been poor for many years myself yeah. <laughs> as an academic. And so you're married and your wife is Jewish. She's in a similar, uh, you know, ethnic and religious circumstance, but the exact opposite. Her father was or is Christian. Uh, her mother is is the Jewish side of the family. What a mess! Yeah. yeah so when we met, it was it was, it was like check boxes. Like you you and I identify with this. You're that. We like this. We like that. It's like where have you been all my life? So <laughs> so she's the love of my life. Yeah. And so your kids are they are they confused about what they are Christian or Jews? Right. We we haven't had kids yet. We're oh. I guess you'd say we're still trying, but God oh, okay. has not blessed us in that way. We're yeah. talking about adoption or fostering, but. 
But I think that would also be something. I mean, we have talked about that. What would we raise our children as? And I think we'd want to raise them with an awareness of the existence of a loving and benevolent God, a single God, um, but also expose them to the kinds of answers that Christianity gives, the answers that Judaism gives to the, the, the eternal questions of where do we go after death? What is goodness? What is God? Are you liberal or conservative? I would say that I am neither. Um, I am... I identify myself as sort of a centrist, maybe slightly left of center. Um, it really depends on the issue itself. There are, there are many issues on which I would agree with more conservative platforms. There are many issues on which I would agree with more liberal platforms. Oh, and right. I, I try to avoid allowing myself to be labeled as a liberal or as a conservative because I think those kinds of rhetorics, that, that discussion, that narrative is somewhat limiting and divisive. And I see a lot of that going on in our culture right now yeah. where people taking sides, entrenching in those sides and condemning each other to political hell as well as eternal hell for not being the way that they themselves believe. Will you vote, do you tend to vote conservative or liberal? It depends on the issue. On um, the issue itself. I think I have tended to vote, maybe not liberal, but Democrat on the national level. I have tended to vote a bit more conservative or Republican on the local level for oh, okay. a variety of reasons. Yeah. What is religious tolerance? That's a good question. And I think that the, the interfaith movement is still trying to define that. But my understanding of religious tolerance is not, not finding a mushy middle ground that we all have to subscribe to in order for us to get along. It's about having respect for each other, each other's common shared humanity, and listening to each other's points of view and realizing that maybe we're not going to to fully agree with each other, but we can at least put down the proverbial swords and guns for a minute and hear each other and, and talk about the differences that make us different and beautiful and, and, and unique, but also talk about the commonalities that allow us to sit on the same stage or in the same room and, and share with each other. Yeah. So to me, that's tolerance. Okay, and how about peace and justice? What is that? Yeah, peace and justice. Well. <clears throat> Those are terms that we included in the title of the organization to help make people aware of what our mission is. But uh, I would say that if, if we're living in a society that has no justice, there really can be no peace. And I've seen many different cultures and nations around the world that are full of corrupt leadership. Um, and, and in those nations, if there is no justice for the average common person, then you're going to ultimately have a revolution of some sort or some kind of unrest or extreme poverty. And so we're not merely a nationally or, or oriented organization. We're also a, a globally oriented organization. Oh, okay. We have members and chapters all over the world, and we're trying to promote peace and justice in every nation, not just here in the United States. And does peace come from God or human beings? Ah, it's a good question. Uh, I think many people would have different answers to that. I personally believe that peace derives from God. God wants us to have peace and right. to make peace, um, but I think it's up to us to create that peace. And how do we create it? Uh, if it comes from God, how can we create it? Right, right. That's a good question. How can we create it? I think by focusing on that tolerance that I was talking about. Uh, I, th I think that Religious tolerance and interfaith dialogue are keys to the survival of the human race. That's also part of our, our mission as an right. organization. Yeah. 
um, and that all of the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, as well as pretty much every major world religion that you can think of, involves some level of peacemaking or a desire for peace or a desire to recognize the common humanity of all human beings. And so if we focus on that, and I, and I believe that that commandment comes from God, that, that impulse to make peace comes from God, if we focus on that and we focus on that shared desire and that shared impulse between all religions, then we can create peace in the world. And how about justice? Does justice come from the law or from the people? Mm. Once again, many people answer different ways. Uh, I think all of the Abrahamic faiths encourage us to follow certain laws that God has given us through yeah. the various scriptures. And so if we, whatever religion we are, if we, if we remain firmly uh, connected or, 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 or obedient to the laws that are given to us as we understand them, we can create justice. We can create peace. I think the, the straying away from the law and, and focusing only on me and greed and breaking laws that we think are our eternal laws like human rights or, yeah. or uh, you know, our, our right to exist, things like that, that's where we start um, doing the, the, uh, the, the path of peace, a, a misjustice, excuse me, injustice. Do you, believe that, uh, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That's a very, very good question. Um, this is where my own upbringing kind of shaped. You <laughs> right. know, you know. Yeah. So I, I was raised believing that Jesus um, is a prophet. Um, and I know that in, in a lot of ways we're kind of drawing from a variety of different religions' conceptions of Jesus. And this is where I think I stray from more traditional mainstream forms of Christianity that believe that Jesus is uh, a member of the triune God, uh, uh, you know, Lord and Savior, um, son of God in the flesh, born of a virgin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Those are things that I don't personally subscribe to in the same way that the mo that most mainstream Christians would. I think I have more of a sense of Jesus as uh, a prophet sent by God. Uh, if we conceive of of Jesus as son of God, I don't know if I if I believe it in the same way that most mainstream Christians would. And I and there is some some early scriptural support for that in terms of, like, for instance, Romans 8, which has Jesus as the elder sibling of, of many brethren. If, if we look back at Romans 8, and I think, well, gosh, that's pretty different than what later Trinitarian Christianity believes about Jesus. But, hey, you know what? Christianity develops over the course of time. I'm not going to argue with people. You know, whatever you believe is true, that's fine. But for me, I think I prefer the idea of Jesus as our, as the firstborn of many brethren, our elder sibling, if he is the Son of God. And so... Because I'm black and slow. Of <laughs> I oh. love when you say that. I've, I've watched a few of your videos, and I, you'll, you can say it, I won't say it. <laughs> so do you believe he's the son of God? Right, right. I, I know you're, you're pressing for that question. Um, I believe he's a son of God. And if we look at the Greek text of, of many of the, uh, of the Gospels, it is reasonable to interpret it that way. Uh, except for, of course, uh, the Gospel of John, but you know the Synoptic Gospels, you can kind of translate that that Son of God in the Gospels as a Son of God. So I believe He is a Son of God, but I have trouble with the idea of um, the only Son of God, which we see in the Gospel of John. That just doesn't sit well with me. So you believe He is the Son of God, but not the only Son 
I think that's reasonable. I could get behind that. And who yeah. are his other sons? All of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, as, as, all those as, that are born of God? Yeah, all those that are born of God, um, you know, um, and, and forgive me, I don't have, I have the, the text of Romans in my head. It's been a while since I've taught yeah, New Testament. But, yeah. you know, the, but the, the idea of all of us who have God's spirit in us, we are sons and daughters of God. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I believe that uh, Jesus is the son of God, and all those who are born of God become sons of God as well. Hmm. Okay. It's a point of contact between us. Right, of, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, there's, you, have, you are a professor, Ph.D., in religious studies and the uh, New Testament, it's because um, so you study the New Testament, but not the Old, or do you just specialize in the New Testament? Yeah, I specialize in the New Testament. My academic program at Claremont Graduate University uh, a bunch of years ago, uh, it was a religious studies program, so we were required to study many different religions. Right. We focused on biblical studies, and then I specialized in New Testament and Christian origins. Oh, good. Yeah. What's the difference between the New Testament, in your opinion, and the Old Testament? Many, many differences. Uh, the Old Testament was written over the course of uh, maybe upwards of a thousand years by a variety of different human authors. If, I mean, if we're stepping aside from the question of, is God the original author of the text, at least the people that had the pen in their hands, right. many different authors involved. Um, you know, it is, it is the testament that is given to the people of Israel. Um, it focuses primarily on the people of Israel within God's, uh, the scope of God's will. Um, but I understand and I, I, I appreciate and I agree that it is also useful and, and usable by Christians. It is not exclusively for Jews. Obviously, many Christians, most Christians, included in the Christian Bible. Where does the New Testament fit into this? It is the testament, the, the message that is given specifically to Christians. Um, oh, okay. It focuses primarily on Jesus, Jesus' role within the new and everlasting covenant between God and the people, as, and I'm using certain, certain rhetorics here that you see in certain liturgies, certain Christian right. faiths, um, but it is, it is the testament that speaks about Jesus and his role, his relationship to Israel, but his relationship also to, to every other nation of the world, the so-called Gentiles, the, uh, this new and inclusive Israel, as Paul talks about it in Romans 9 through 11. If it wasn't for Judaism, would that be Christianity? That's a good question. If it, if it weren't for Judaism, would that be Christianity? Would there be Christianity oh, would, to, oh, today? I don't think so. I think it had to go through stages. One of the things, my understanding is that, is that God revealed his covenants to human beings in stages. I know Christianity has talked about the, um, uh, the, the, the dispensations of the Holy Spirit. So you've got the age of the prophets in spoken of in the Old Testament or Hebrew Bible. You have the age of, of Jesus, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit through Jesus and through his disciples. And then you have the age of the church after it. So the Holy Spirit is dispensed through the church during that time period after Jesus's earthly life. And so, you know, God has given a variety of different revelations, commandments, messages through the different prophets, through the different apostles, through these different texts. And, and so for me, I focus on the, the, the gradual development or revelation of his, uh, his commandments, his will for us throughout these numerous texts. Is it possible to return to the Father without believing in the Son? That's a good question. 
Um, I know most Christians, most mainstream modern Christians, will believe that it's no, that it is not. I mean, it talks about that very clearly in the Gospel of John, 10.30, 14.6. I mean, a whole bunch of places I'm just I'm pulling off the top of my head. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, so at least in a Johannine context, in terms of the community of St. John, they believed, no, you cannot get to God except through Jesus. Right. Now, what do I personally right. believe? What do you believe? Eh, I, I don't entirely agree with John. There's a lot of things that John said that I don't know if I feel comfortable about. So you but, believe it's possible to return to the Father without believing in the Son? My personal belief is yes. I, I, think, uh, I, I think that even what Paul talks about, the idea of, of God's uh, his his blessings and his commandments are irrevocable and that God does not say to the, uh, you know, to that cultivated olive tree that is the people of Israel. He's not going to say, you know, I don't like you anymore. You're, you're, you're cursed. Get out of here. Uh, you know, and he talks about that, that metaphor of the wild olive branch being grafted onto the cultivated olive tree, the Gentiles being brought in, space being made for them, uh, to be grafted into this new and inclusive Israel, the base of which is the Jewish people or the, the people of Israel. So with that said, I think Paul, Paul, I think, believes that the Jewish people don't necessarily have to change and shift and focus exclusively on Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior in order to be okay with the Father. You personally believe that you can return to the Father without believing in the Son? My personal belief is yes. Uh, I mean, we, we still gain benefit from understanding Jesus' teachings, his preaching, uh, but that we can, in fact, have a relationship with God without recognizing Jesus uh, as our personal Lord in a more traditional, mainstream Christian sense. That's my personal belief. And so Jesus was a Jew, right? Born a Jew, raised a Jew, died a Jew. And Jesus said himself that no man can return to the Father without believing in the Son, why do you believe differently? Well, it's John who, who says that. Right. And, there's, right. and I know he this is controversial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is controversial. A lot of yeah. people will disagree with me. They'll probably condemn me to hell for this, and I understand that. No, you're going <laughs> to hell. <laughs> I'm playing. I know, I know. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that, and, and so I, you know. Why I do you believe differently? I recognize that there are divergences. I like to use the term divergences because when you, we use the, the word contradictions, people get all kind of, you know, a little bit bristly, like, what are you saying? There's contradictions in the Bible. So I use the word divergences, you know, that different uh, evangelists, different apostles, different authors of the New Testament had slightly different ideas. And this, to me, kind of is in line with the idea that God revealed his will, God revealed his messages uh, over the course of time. And so we have enshrined in different texts of the New Testament some ideas that are maybe a bit at odds with others. And so, yes, we definitely see the Gospel of John written by whoever it was, whether it was uh, you know, the Apostle John or somebody from his community writing in his name, which was common at that time, uh, saying, you cannot be one with the Father unless you go through Jesus. And he quotes Jesus as saying that. Yeah, he did. He uh, repeated yeah. Jesus. Do you think... He was lying? John was lying? I don't think he was lying. I just think that was his point of view. Jews don't lie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure plenty of Jews lie. I know a few of them. <laughs> so how can, you, how can you return to the Father if you don't go th through the Son, if you don't believe the Son? What the, how can you return to the Father? Right, right. 
Well, I would say many Jews today believe. Uh, well, how from, do you believe that yeah. you can? How do I believe? All right, I know you're cutting straight to the point. I know. <laughs> um, how do I personally believe? Yeah. I think by being a good person and trying to understand God's message as best we can. Um, and, and that takes, it takes a lot of effort. And I don't know if we can ever truly get there as individuals, truly understand God's word and God's message for us. And there's a lot of, forgive me, divergence between a lot of the different texts in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Every time we open the Bible, we're picking and choosing. We're picking to believe that there is confluence and overlap between the New Testament and the Old Testament. We're choosing to ignore certain commandments in the Old Testament that say you have to sacrifice at the altar in, in the temple in Jerusalem. We're choosing to ignore certain commandments we just don't do anymore today. Have you returned to the Father? I don't believe I have. I don't oh, think you have I have. not. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> he hasn't spoken to me directly saying, oh, welcome, come on in. You know, oh. I don't know. <laughs> so you're not a son of God? Inasmuch as the Apostle Paul talks about me being a son of God, a child of God, I believe I'm a child of God. And how are you a child of God if you have not returned to the Father? Well, I think, you know, children can live away from home, you know. They're, they can still be part of the Father's family but not actually be at home. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of playing with yeah, words no, there. Yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I, have I returned to the Father? I, I, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm in a process a lifelong journey of, of attempting to return to the Father. But as of right now, you're not a son of the Father because you have not returned yet? Well, I think I'm a son of the Father, but it depends on how we define to return to God. Like, like I mean, I think about John chapter 17, which is a chapter of John that a lot of more mainstream Christians like to ignore because it sounds a lot like Hinduism or Buddhism, this idea of... of of the, the, not only the disciples, but the followers of Jesus, whoever they are, even maybe the readers of the text of the Gospel of John, that we are to be one with Jesus, Jesus one with God, God in Jesus, therefore God in us. And I, I call it the, the I am the walrus chapter, you know, like the Beatles, you know, yeah. I am he as you are she and we are all together, goo-goo-goo-joop. You know, it's, it's a confusing chapter. And to me, there's a mystical side to the Gospel of John that a lot of people do not understand. I don't even fully understand it, but it's talking to us about this journey back to God to achieve one with, oneness with God. So you not so I'm not quite clear. Sure. Again, I'm black and slow. So you have to be patient with me. You're Jewish, <laughs> well, I'm, so you're I'm Jew and slow. <laughs> you're Jewish and Christian, so you're double smarter than I am. Uh, <laughs> so you're not sure if you are a son of God at this point? No, I, I believe I'm a son of God. I think but that how did we... you return without believing in the son? Right, right. So I believe that we are naturally sons and daughters of God. Or to use the rhetoric of, 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 uh, you know, of Romans 8, son. I mean, he does very clearly use the word son in, that, in, in, in one of those passages in Romans 8. I think we are naturally, inherently sons parentheses, and daughters of God. What do you mean by that? How can that be if you're not born of the Father? How, if you have not returned to him, how can you naturally be his son or daughter? Well, I'm not saying that, that I am not born of the Father um, in terms of the return to the Father. And, and even, even John 3 talks about this, that only those who are born from, from above, and I know sometimes people translate right. that as born again, the, the Greek 
the Greek uh, adverb is anothen, which could mean either again or, or from above. But there's this notion all throughout the Gospel of John that you have to be from those heavenly realms. You have to be born from the Father right. in order to return to him again. So, the, so for John, he's got this, this cosmology of there's a bunch of people out there who are born of the devil. Uh, you don't believe that? I don't. I can't. I mean, he's dividing all of humanity in these two camps. I, I don't know if I can say that there are some people out there that I are born of the devil. I want to ask you about that, but I can't first, say that. <laughs> because of time, I want sure. to ask you about born of the devil. But sure. So how are you born? So I'm not sure. Yeah. Are you born of the Father or I, you're not? I believe I'm born of the Father, but I have not yet returned there. And whatever so that not, means, whatever returning oh, to the Father know, means. You know, but but, is it possible to be born of him but not return to him? I think so. How is that? And I think even in the texts within John, it kind of leaves that open that you can return to him if you are born of him, but it doesn't say that everyone who is born of him will return to him. There's that sort of vagueness in the text of John. Do you, so you don't believe that human beings are born of their father, the devil? I'm sorry, that the... They are born of their father, the devil. The, the Hebrews, you said? Or? Human beings. Oh, human, human beings. I'm sorry. I didn't human hear. beings. In John, he's talking about some human beings. How about you? Do you believe that human beings are born of the devil? I don't think that I agree with John, that, that some human beings are born of the devil. He's, he's Why like not? He's, because that kind of removes the option of free will. And it really focuses on a level of predeterminism or predestination that I'm just, I'm not comfortable with. I don't think that is elsewhere within the text of the New Testament. I think that's something very Johannine, and I just don't know if I can, if I can agree with that interpretation. But Jesus Christ said that you're of your father the devil. To that particular group, and I know we're talking about John 5, I believe, if ever, no, 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 John, John 8. I think it's John 8, excuse me, yeah, yeah, 8.54, you know, he talks about uh, these particular people, you are of your father, the devil. I don't think he's talking about all humanity. Why not? I think he's talking about that. I mean, and, and I don't have the text in front of me. I've poured over this text a lot because I don't want to believe that he's saying <laughs> all of humanity. And I don't think he is. Well, I think he he's said talking that about all who are them. born of the woman are born in sin. They're, they're born in, a, in sin, so they become children of the devil. Okay. All human beings. Okay. Do you agree with that? Does he say that in John? I don't, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, anyone that's born of the woman okay. is born of evil. Okay. Born of evil. Okay, and, and, and I don't have that must, one on the top of my that's head. That's why you must be born again of the father, because all those who are born of the woman are dying. Those who are born again of the father are living. Do you agree with that? I don't think I agree with that translation of, of John chapter 3, the idea of anothen being again. It's, he's, Jesus has this sort of wordplay going on with Nicodemus where he says, you know, uh, you know, you must be born anothen. And of course, the, the basic translation of it is again. And, and Nicodemus doesn't understand. He says, what do you mean? I'm going to go back into my mother's womb? What are you talking right. about? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't know what I'm talking about. And then he makes this analogy about the wind and you don't know where the wind is coming from. And I think it's clear from that text, Jesus is meaning you must be born from above when he says anothen, as opposed to the other meaning of anothen being born again. And he's saying you must be born from above. You must be of the people from the heavenly realms, born from God. And then this fits with his other, his discussion later on in John 8, where he talks about this cosmology, this dualistic cosmo sorry, anthropology of human beings that are born from above and other human beings who are born from below, born from the devil. And he's saying those people, they have no chance of going to God. They are born well, from know, the devil and I, they're staying there. I know that those who are born of the woman 
because he said you cannot go back into the woman's room, right? So yeah. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah. But those who are born of the woman must be born of the father in order to live. Mm-hmm. To be of the father, you must be born of him, meaning that you have to be born of his nature, his spirit, mm-hmm. rather than the mother's spirit, because the nature of the mother, unless she's been born of God, mm-hmm. Satan is her daddy. Hmm. Interesting. Do you believe that? I don't know if I, I'd have to really look look into that. I, I don't know. Have if you I noticed agree. that Satan is the woman's god? Satan is the woman's god. Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of people would probably say that's misogynistic. I don't know if I could get behind that, but right. I, I want to learn from you. I'm listening. You know, right. that's that's why I'm loving being here. I want to learn from you. Right. Yeah, open discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you about peace and justice. So we agree that peace come from God. I believe so. And justice come from the law. I believe so, yes. Do you believe good and evil? I believe good and evil are you somewhat there is relative. Good and evil? That's a very good question. I believe they exist, but what is evil? That's the question. You know, uh, can, can a good person become evil? Can an evil person become good? So I guess what I'm saying is within the spirit of human beings, I don't know if it's an absolute. Do I believe evil exists as a concept? Yes, I do. I do believe it exists as a concept. What's your impression of Jesus? Yes. What is my impression of Jesus? My impression of Jesus is that he was a holy man, um, an incredible human being, that he had the spirit of God within him. Um, I believe that he still exists in a cosmic realm, in the heavenly realms of the Father. Yeah. Whether he is... Uh, the, the second person of the Trinity or not, I cannot say. I personally do not subscribe to that belief, but I recognize many Christians do. He, is he an alpha male or beta male? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I've seen some of your <laughs> videos. I know you talk about that. You know, I, I can't say that I fully you know, understand or even necessarily subscribe to the ideology of you know, alpha, beta, gamma, omega males, that sort of thing. I, I'd like to learn more about it. Um, so I can't say whether he is an alpha male or a beta male or whatever. Well, why not? Because I don't know enough about it. It's it, as clear if, he was alpha male, not a beta. He's presented as beta male in society today because men are weak and mm-hmm. women trying to take over, but he's clearly an alpha male. Sure, sure. Well, in terms of how we define, like if I understood your definition of what is an alpha male or a beta male, he was in a position of leadership. Yeah. I put him in a position of leadership, um, but we can also say he was obedient he was obedient to God. He was obedient to, even to some degree, to the authorities. Does that make him a beta male? I don't know. I mean, but I, you can agree that he took names and kicked butt. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. I mean, how do we define kicking butt? You know? Are you able, you're not able to identify alpha male or beta male when you see one? I mean, I have a general understanding of what many people mean by that. I think the term has probably been misused by a lot of people. You know, a guy strutting around, you know, womanizing and thinking only of himself. I don't think that's an alpha male. I don't know if you think that's an alpha male from uh, what I gather no. from what I've heard. No, no. It's, you know, uh, to me, if I had to use the word alpha male, I would say it's a person who's in a position of authority, a person who is, who has devoted themselves to being a leader for the greater good, who in some ways maybe sacrifices himself for the greater good. And maybe that's a form of obedience, obedience to God, obedience to the law, but they're in a position of leadership, authority. 
And so you founded this institution of uh, for religious tolerance, yeah. uh, peace and justice. So are you teaching people to be more tolerant of all, all religion or all people? How is that working? Right. And we call it the Institute for short, because I know it's a mouthful. Right. So Institute of Religion. For Religious Tolerance. Peace I mean, and Institute Justice. for Religious Tolerance. Tolerance, yeah. So are you teaching people to be tolerant? We teach people to be tolerant as much as possible with certain guidelines, because I wouldn't be, want to be tolerant of a Hitler or, or Nazi ideology. I don't think that is appropriate to allow people to walk all over other people, right. to, you know, to commit genocide, things like that. So tolerance certainly has its limits. But uh, tolerance in terms of appreciating the shared humanity of all people, uh, that we all bleed the same way, we have hopes and dreams, we have fears, I believe we come from the same God. Um, so if we can be tolerant of, of certain, excuse me, uh, if we can be tolerant of slight differences in belief, divergences, variance, variations of belief so that we can better understand each other and, and come to some type of common ground, put down the, the swords and the guns, proverbially speaking, for a moment, um, and work on finding that common ground, what allows us to sit on the same stage together or at the same table together. Uh, and so that's what we're teaching people. And so, um, so I'm sorry, sure. you believe there is good and evil? I believe there is good and evil. Oh, of course, okay. we'd have to define those, but I believe good and evil exists right. in people. Right. I might, you know, I might have good and evil intentions or impulses within me. You might as well. I mean, I even think of somebody like a Hitler. Of course, that's always the, the uh, you know, the, the metaphor. What's the worst person you could think of? A Hitler, you know? A as a child, was he evil? I don't think he was evil. I mean, some of the things that I've read about him as a child, being severely beaten by his father, you know, turning him into the guy who, 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 who murdered upwards of 10 or 20 million people over the course of, of, of a decade, you know, a variety of different ethnicities. Um, what made him that way, I don't know, but I think he may have had good within him at some point in time. I think that if he is a creation of God, then he therefore had to have good within him. Um, you heard of Black Lives Matter. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, they go around chanting no justice, no peace. They are, and I'm sure you agree with this being a Christian and a Jew, that they are far left evil radical organization, a bunch of fat black Radical lesbian, right? <laughs> <laughs> who hate God, who hate the country, who hate the Constitution, who hate nuclear families. They don't like marriage between a man and a woman. They hate the unborn children. Should we tolerate them? Okay, so first, I, I don't know if I can agree with you with your uh, assessment of, of uh, members of Black Lives Matter uh, in total. You the know, founders I, of fat black radical <laughs> lesbian. Yeah, I, who admit um, to being Marxist. Okay, yeah, I, I don't so know her personally. So should we tolerate them? Right, right. So I have friends and colleagues who are part of Black Lives Matter. I'm thinking of one woman right now off the top of my head. Oh, my God. Who, you know, better I, run. <laughs> and, you know, she and I disagree on many things. But, uh, you know, I think she's a good human being with her heart in the right place. 
maybe she has some ideas that I disagree with. And, and, and I think I would say the same thing regarding the, the overall movement of Black Lives Matter. And I know it's not an organization per se. They've be, they're no, somewhat, it's an organization. They're lying again. Well, my understanding is they're sort of decentralized. No, but even still, it's a, okay. That's I, what I, I won't argue does. He deceives. Sure. So should we tolerate them? I think we're going to have to tolerate them to some degree in order to have conversations with them. Why, what do we want to talk to them about? Well, I mean, you know, in the same way that any evangelist will talk to people about the gospel, you're, you're sitting down with them, you're oh, talking with them about Jesus. So in the same way, I want to talk with them about... Should we tolerate them? I think we need to tolerate their existence, their presence in our lives. Should we necessarily tolerate everything that they say or everything that they're putting forward? Not necessarily, and there are certain things about the Black Lives Matter platform that I certainly disagree with. I, one thing that I was thinking about regarding that one woman, and I won't say names, yeah. um, on social media recently she was talking about uh, police and the existence of police. Now, I have friends and colleagues that are police officers, and I have a lot of respect for law enforcement. Yeah. Are all law enforcement by nature good people? Not necessarily the same as any human being. There are good and bad in every group, including law enforcement. Now, her idea is that we need to abolish the police, we need to defund the police, and she said in, in her short, uh, brief comment, she said, we need our own. And I think what she meant was that we need to, uh, to sort of found a new form of law enforcement that's based on our needs as people of color, I think is what she Would was saying. Would you agree that's an evil female? No, I don't think she's evil. I just think I disagree with it. Maybe she has to be evil to go along with evil. That's evil what she's thinking. I think maybe she's misguided regarding those things. Misguided with evil, all right? Maybe with evil impulses. I can't say she's evil. I Why not? I think she's. Oh, she's evil. Well, you may know the information you came. <laughs> I think she's a good person. She just may be misguided regarding certain things. So yeah. should we toler uh, tolerate the organization Black Lives Matter? You know, we're in a. a democratic republic and there's separation of church and state we have first amendment rights i think we have to tolerate their existence um, as a nation the same way as we tolerate the existence of the kkk and the, and the neo-nazis i don't like them i want to have conversations with them and change their minds but we live in a democracy and we have to tolerate their existence um, you know within the larger context of this constitutional republic if that makes sense okay you know um what do you think of the blacks? They uh, they go out and they attack the cops, mm. pants in the blanket, kill them, you know, uh, fry them like bacon. What do we want? Dead <coughs> cops, Black Lives Matter, other chanting that. Uh, you have the blacks who are running from the cops, drawing weapons on the cops, attacking the cops. There are uh, blacks who are like unemployed drug addicts like George Floyd. George Floyd was an unemployed drug addict with a criminal record. George Floyd is dead because of George Floyd and no one else. But yet the blacks are holding George Floyd up as a hero mm. and blaming the cop for George Floyd. Should we tolerate that from the blacks? Right, right. I know this is a, an issue that you feel passionate about. I've seen that in some of your other uh, interviews. Um, you know, I, I, I have sort of a middle ground stance on that because I do have a lot of problems with some of the standpoints of not only Black Lives Matter, but any of the organizations that have pulled together in the last couple of years to protest uh, the, the uh, police shootings of unarmed black men. Some of them, I, I believe... These are all criminals. These are like I, I can't say all of them. I mean, I'm looking Name at Tamir Rice and Philando Castile, people like them. I think that they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and that some of these cops were not good people or maybe they, they just were... 
not well trained, you know, some of those situations. But how, who are those people? Are you familiar with Philando Castile and Tamir, Tamir Rice is the little kid. He was like oh, a, one a, an eight or ten year old kid. He had the orange yeah, undergun, yeah. they thought it was a real gun. Yeah, and, and, and someone had video. called in and reported that this black guy in the park with a gun. comes to a screeching stop and without even a hello kid, how are you, the cops were already shooting him. He didn't look like him. a kid, he had a gun. Yeah. And know. he looked more than a kid. He looked like an, a young teenager, sure, a big sure. teenager. Yeah, Is that know. the cop fault or their fault, or uh, Tamir Rice's fault? You know, I wasn't there, and I and I wasn't on the. On so the you're jury. not taking the side of the black there, right? My, my humble opinion is, this was an innocent kid, and this was either a, a well, cop. But you weren't there. Well Why would you say he was I innocent? Know. It's just, it's just my opinion. Well, of course, all people are innocent until proven guilty. Right. So and you since don't he's know. Dead, we can't. Well, prove maybe him the guilty. cop was innocent too, then, right? Right. Right. And oh, okay. I don't, I don't think those particular cops were brought to trial. I don't remember the details of that case. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of them now because blacks are, are wish have been thugs as heroes. And Does that, that make you sick? That is a concern I have. You know, the, there's a certain part of, you know, gangster culture that's sort of associated with the music industry, that sort of reveres, um, you know, people who are not law-abiding citizens, right. drug users, drug dealers, etc. That's something that I don't like when I see it within a certain aspects of rap culture, hip-hop culture, etc. You know, I, I know you have certain, you know, certain standpoints on this. I don't want to blame black culture. I don't want to blame any particular people, but it's something that I find not positive about the music industry. Yeah. You know? But look at black people like out of control anyway. Not all, not all, but most, right? You're, they, you're they, not under out of control. They you know? call good evil and evil good. Most black people do it. The Christians and all of them. What do you think about that? Well, I know over the last 30 or 40 years, there's been that tendency to to kind of label the bad, the good. You know, you got to be bad to be good. Right. We've seen that a lot in in, in our culture in the last 30 or 40 years. I'm not going to blame any one ethnicity or culture or race. It's something that I think it has, it has served the media, and I think the media is kind of promoting that to, you know, to sell tickets, to sell, to, to sell newspapers, whatever it is. You know, they say if it leads, it bleeds. The media tends to promote things that are negative. But if divisive. the blacks were not acting out, the media can't, they can't promote something that's not there. Well, Am I right? I don't know. There might be a few folks who are African American who have been acting out, and you know, the media be. media leapt onto that. I I don't know. You know. Let me ask you about the Muslims. Should the Christians and Jews uh, tolerate the Muslims? Right. This is something I feel very strongly about, and I've done a lot of research, and I do a lot of work with the Muslim community, and I do believe that the three Abrahamic faiths do need to tolerate each other and understand each other. I believe that we come from the same God. I believe that we believe in the same God. We worship the same God, albeit from a different theological perspective. And if we look at Muslims as, as if, and I know sometimes people say, oh, Muslims don't believe in the same God, um, then I think we would have to say the same thing about Jews as well, because Jews also um, reject the idea of a triune God in the same way that Muslims reject the idea of a triune God, the idea of a trinity. So should we tolerate them, the Muslims? As a people, as a religion, yes. I think we need to tolerate Muslims in the same way that we tolerate any other religion. But they see Christians and Jews as infidels, worthy of death. And their Bible, their little Bible teaches you to, you, can be, you can deceive the Christians and Jews. You can befriend them in order to destroy them. Whatever it takes, right? Should we tolerate them knowing that they might do that to us? 
Yeah, I think a lot of those those quotes or paraphrases are taken out of context from the Quran. The Quran was no, I re okay. I, <laughs> we, we we might uh, we might disagree I, on I'm that. I'm black and I don't read that well <laughs> because you know black don't know how to read. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not out of context. Yeah, I, my understanding is that the Quran was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, or or they claim it was revealed. I'm not saying it was right, or not. Of course, but they claim it was revealed <clears throat> over the course of time throughout his life, and that certain surahs or chapters of the Quran are meant to be understood within the context of that moment in his life or that moment of the Islamic community and you cannot um, universalize it and say that it is meant for every situation and so some of the things of uh, you know uh, kill the believer excuse me kill the unbelievers where you might find them it is specifically the Jews meant, and, the yeah. and any yeah. Muslim that don't believe in cut, cutting off your hair take your neck off right yeah. do you do you, should we tolerate that from them? You know, all the Muslims that I deal with are peaceful, God-fearing oh, people. Lord. I really, I, you know, and I could introduce you to some of them. Should and I we tolerate that, though? We should tolerate people that believe in goodness. And the Muslims that I know don't believe in that type of violence or that type of, of brutality. And I'd love to introduce you to some of them. I, I, I want to invite you to come on some of the field trips I take my students on and meet some of the Muslims that I know and love and feel are brothers uh, and sisters under the same God. I'd, I'd invite you to come and meet them. The, um, um, how do, do, do you personally trust them knowing that the moment they pop out of their mother's womb, they're taught that you are an infidel worthy of death and whatever it takes? To that, deceive that I am you. An infidel, you yeah, say. because yeah. you're Jewish yeah. and Christian, so you're in double trouble. Yeah. Do you personally trust them? Trust them? Uh, I don't believe the majority of them, at least the ones that I know, believe that. Are there Muslims in the world that believe that? I mean, oh, yeah. No, Matthew, conservative... do you personally yeah. trust them? The ones that I know, I personally trust because I don't think they believe that. Would I'm... you walk down the road at night without a weapon with them? Yeah, in fact, one of them is a police officer. I won't name him, but he's a, he's a police officer. He's a Muslim. He's an amazing human being. I trust him. You, I trust him. Uh, the uh, Muslim religion is spreading in the U.K. Should the U.K. allow that to happen? Yes, I believe so. Why? In the same way that it allows Judaism to spread or any other but form of But they're attacking white girls and white women and raping and robbing and killing them. And, and then they want to allow the police department into their neighborhoods because of of that Sharia law? Yeah. Do you believe in Sharia law? Yeah, my understanding is that is sort of a, a misconception about what's going on there. No, um, believe yeah, me. I, it's not, I know people from the UK. Okay. It's not a misconception. There may be certain places where, you know, certain gangs or, or uh, elements are more prominent in certain communities, but my understanding is that, this, that the concept of a Muslim no-go zone does not exist here in the United States or in Britain. That's, I think that's false. Um, the, and also, we have to understand Sharia law. What do they mean by Sharia law? It's, it's something that's kind of bandied about as if it were some kind of a, a book or a hard and fast set of rules that, oh, you can't eat pork, you can't have alcohol, you can't do this and that and so forth, otherwise we're going to cut off your hands. That's not really Sharia the way that so most Muslims understand So you trust Sharia law? Um, my understanding of it is that it is a sort of a general Do you trust Sharia law? I trust my contacts and my colleagues in their understanding of what Do Sharia is. Do you trust is. Sharia law? All right. It depends on how we, how we define Sharia. It, for Do them, you it's trust biblical law. law. Do I, you trust Sharia law? I trust the, the, the general Muslim understanding of Sharia Do in the same way that I trust, trust Christian law? understanding 
of biblical law. Do you personally trust Sharia law? Once again, it depends on how we define it. You know, I mean, if, if you've got ISIS, their understanding of Sharia, no, heck no, I do not trust do ISIS. Do you personally tr trust any form of Sharia law? Yes. You do. My colleagues. Should we allow these people in our country and they'll be allowed to not obey the law of this land and bring in Sharia law? Should we allow that in America? My understanding is that that is a false equivalency. Uh, one of the things that some Should of my... Should we allow though, in America? If that is the case, if, if a person is saying Sharia supplants or supersedes the Constitution, no, but that's not what I understand. Because of time say. and I'm black and slow, <laughs> should we allow Sharia law in America? My understanding of Sharia, yes. And what has been shared with me is that it works well with the Constitution. So we should not, allow in America. Yeah, if it does not supersede the Constitution, then we should, we should allow it. Should the Jews allow in Israel? Should the Jews allow Sharia in Israel? Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was in Israel be before the state of, of Israel was created. Should the Jews allow Sharia law in Israel? If we're talking about moderate and liberal conceptions of Sharia, yes. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, not Taliban's understanding of it. Should the Jews allow Sharia law in Israel? Uh, I, will, I will repeat, if we're talking about moderate understandings of Sharia, Yes, it should be allowed. So you're saying they should not, they should, the Jews should allow moderate Sharia law in Israel? Moderate interpretations of it, as opposed to ISIS's interpretation of it. So, for instance, should we allow Nazi understandings of biblical law or, or KKK white supremacist understandings of biblical law? Well, I don't want that. Which is worse? They're going to enslave you again, the KKK, if, if they had their way, you know? Which is worse? Sharia law or the Nazi? It depends on the time period. Which is worse? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if we're talking about ISIS's conception of Sharia. Worse? I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't add yeah. extra words. Okay. You confuse me. Okay. My understanding Sh of Sharia. Which is worse, Sharia law or Nazi law? Nazi law, in my opinion. But not, do the Nazi cut your hair off because you disagree? They put about six million of my cousins in gas chambers. <laughs> Do they cut your heads off? Uh, do you they, disagree? They, yeah, they, they burned us up in ovens. No, it, no. It took too long You're to, not to cut your head off. You're not asking the question about cutting your head off. It took them too long to cut your head off. <laughs> if you think any form of Sharia law is fine, why don't we see Muslim protesting and demonstrating in America and the UK and other places against Sharia law? Why are they? They don't, they don't demonstrate against it cutting off all the heads or preventing women from having freedom or cutting off your hands if you steal. Nowhere in Israel or in America or in the UK where Muslims, the so-called preacher Muslims or whatever they are, nobody's demonstrating against all that. They are. And they don't have a problem with it. Why are they out publicly denouncing it? I want to invite you to the Interfaith Solidarity March LA, which we've had for six years running. The one in 2022 will be on March 22nd in Los Angeles. You'll meet plenty of Muslims who are moderates and 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 well, they're progressive not out people. Protesting, making they're noise. protesting. They're out. They're out there marching with me and my against Christian brethren law? against any kind of religiously based violence. How about Sharia law? Including um, uh, radical interpretations of, of Sharia, like 
ISIS, like Al-Qaeda, you will see some very, very moderate Muslims I've out never there. seen a bunch I, of them doing it. I, I want to I introduce you to them. Okay. I want to show you the videos of previous marches talking about peace between all people, not talking about, and I'm going to cut your head off if you don't agree with me. These are wonderful people, and I want to introduce you to them. Who you think are worse, the so-called white supremacists mm -hmm. or, the, or the, uh, uh, the Muslim Sharia law Muslims? So, I mean, I'm, I'll interpret that you're talking about, like, the Taliban or the Al-Qaeda, ISIS, people like that. Any Muslim that supports Sharia law? Well, once again, you know, I'm talking about more moderate understandings Which of Sharia. Which is worse because of time? Which yeah. is worse? Uh, So-called white supremacists or the Muslim who believe in Sharia law? I would say white supremacists because their conception is, I'm white, therefore I'm better than everybody else and I have the right to kill everybody else. Whereas not all Muslims that believe in Sharia, believe in that interpretation of Sharia, who, that I'm a Muslim, I'm better than everybody else. Who is worse, the black radicals who support uh, critical race theory mm. or white supremacy? <sighs> That's a tough one because I know a lot of black radicals who support critical race theory and they're not interested in killing anybody. Are there some of them? Yeah, I know. I, there's, there's some rough stuff that's happened over the last couple of years in some of the protests, you know, that Antifa has gotten involved in. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of burned buildings. I don't support that, you know? So who is worse, yeah. the blacks who support critical race theory or the white, so-called white supremacists? Who is worse? I would say white supremacists because... White supremacists are worse than blacks who support... Well, critical think, race theory? I think we many of us have misunderstood the, the understanding of, of critical race theory. It is it's no, a term it's that quite clear they're talking they're called the white people <clears throat> racist, evil, simply because they're white. If a person interprets it that way, if all, that's their all conception the black of it, do is some liberal whites. A lot a lot of them don't, but if they are, if they're saying all whites are the devil, you know, sort of the I don't know, Louis Farrakhan kind of understanding of, of the world. If that's critical race theory, that's not good. I don't support that. Do you, are you racist? That's, that's a good question. I think all of us have a certain level of racism within us. We, we judge other people by a variety of different uh, Are you things. racist? I think I have it in me. I think I'm all not of us a do. racist. Well, are, are you a racist? <laughs> well, once again, it depends on how we define racist. No, are you a racist? I think I'm no more racist than any other person. Are you a racist? Um... I think the way that I understand how you're asking the question, I would say, no, I'm not a racist. But we all have that, <laughs> no. we all have the, we, we all have that diabolical tendency in us I, to judge people, you know? It's part of humanity. It's, it's an ugly amazing. part of us. So let me ask you, <laughs> do you believe in open borders for the United States? No, that no. I don't. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a way in Finally. which I'm a bit more conservative. Yeah, I could give you an answer. I don't even have to, have to say, well, it depends on how you define a border. No, <laughs> I do not believe in open borders. I'm so sorry. I got to heat this interview up. I got to uh, put my guests in the hot seat. Yes, sir. It's time for the hot seat. Okay, I'll do what I can. Yeah. So what I, what I need is for you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Can I say I'll pass or it depends? <laughs> I may not well, be able to say yes or no or I'll be lying to you. Oh, I got to ask you this okay. before I get to it. Okay. Real fast. Do you love white people? I love all people. Do you love white people? I love white people along with other people. Do you love white people? Sure, I love white people. <laughs> I know you're leading in this in a certain, certain direction. I love white people as, as much as any other person. <laughs> so i got to put you on the, on the hot seat. Yes, sir. The hot seat. Nationalism or globalism? Ooh. Both have their problems. Is America the greatest country in the world? 
that's a good question. I've been taught that it's the greatest country in the world. Is it wrong to be a white nationalist? I think it's wrong to be a white hyper-nationalist. Capitalism or socialism? A little bit of both. There's a place for everything. Are you a Jewish Christian nationalist? I don't know if I could define myself that way. I mean, I'm a patriot, but the term nationalist has problems to it. It sort of suggests a level of, of jingoism or hyper-nationalism or racism. I don't want to say that I'm that. Do you love America? I love America. Do you love the great white hope? Uh, wasn't he a, a boxer in the 1930s? Who was that? <laughs> uh, was it Jack Dempsey? <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh, that. Uh, and do you love Donald Trump? Uh, I, I, I love him with the love of Jesus the way I would love any other human being. Did you vote for him? I did not. <laughs> did you vote for Joe Biden? Uh, good question. I'm trying to remember if I did. Uh, oh, you I can't think, remember honestly, you voted for I tried Joe Biden, to, I but often, you remember Trump. I did not vote for Trump, but I try to vote third party frequently. And I'm trying to remember. I think I did vote for Joe Biden oh, this time how could, I believe you, I did. Are you getting that am, amnesia thing right now? Well, I voted for, what was it, Gary Johnson in the previous election. And right. I always thought, wait, wait, which one did I? Did I vote for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson? I don't know. So, but yeah, this time I think I voted for, for, for Joe Biden. Uh, is it wrong to be a black nationalist? That's a tough one. That comes along with a lot of baggage to that term. Do you love America? I love America. And so, uh, but you're Jewish too, right? My heritage is Jewish. Which do you put first, Israel or America? America. Nice. Should China pay reparations to the world for the Chinese virus? <laughs> I remember seeing your, your interview with Dr. Walker. I know you have a predilection for calling it the Chinese virus. I, I, I try to stay away from that for a variety of reasons. Um, let's just say this. I do not know if China should pay reparations for the, for the spread of COVID, but I do have concerns about the way it was handled, and I have a lot of suspicions about the government of the People's Republic of China. I'll go as far as saying that. Do you support the Second Amendment? Yes, I do. Do people kill or guns kill? Bullets kill. Do people kill or guns? <laughs> Bullets kill. <laughs> An empty gun cannot kill. <laughs> Is sex love? Is sex love? The two, are, the two are separate. They are separate things. What is a man? What is a man? That's a tough question. And in this day and age, we're trying to redefine what is a man. Um, what is love? What is love? You know, God has love for all of us. We have love for each other. There are many forms of love. I loved my parents. I love my wife. I love you. Is, you know? is, uh, is God a woman or a man? I believe God is beyond gender. God is beyond is race. Is he a woman? I think he is equally woman as he is man, as he what? is animal, uh, as he is. God is in everything. God is everything. Amazing. That's my belief. <laughs> Are you the head of your wife? Am I the head of my wife? She wouldn't say I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? We have certain roles in our household. There are times where we squabble a little bit. Are you, you know? the head of your wife? I don't think I'm the head of my wife. I'm sorry? She, I don't think I'm the head of my wife. I, think, I think we are equals, but there, you know, there are certain places where I do try to exert a certain level of control where I feel that I have more knowledge about the issue. Thank you so much, <laughs> man, for taking the hot seat. <laughs>
Thank you for taking the hot seat. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, would you like to promote your website or thank your you. organization? Yes, or what thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. So once again, I'm the founder of the Institute for Religious Tolerance, Peace, and Justice. Uh, you can either go to instituteforreligioustolerance.org or, for short, irtpj.org. That's the short way. We have a big project called the Interfaith March for Peace and Justice. Uh, it is the largest coalition of interfaith marches in the world. We have approximately 24 different communities around the world, not only in the U.S., but also abroad in many different countries, several countries in Africa that are marching with us at the same time and on the same day. Uh, and we march to promote love and peace and reconciliation and understanding between all peoples, and we march against religiously motivated violence. And so that happens every year. Um, and May 22nd is going to be the one uh, in 2022. That's when it's going to be held in Los Angeles and a number of other places around Amazing. the world. That's my birthday. Oh, really? Happy oh, birthday. May 22nd. So listen, did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Thank you again for coming on. And thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, ring the bell. Check out Patreon link and support our work. Let me hear from you folks. I appreciate you. And by the way, this is July. Happy White History Month. Did you know this was White History Month? Yeah. Uh, will you celebrate White History Month with me? Uh, if you ask me to, I will celebrate it. <laughs> right on. Happy White History Month. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care, folks. Thank you, sir. Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Next time on The Fallen State. I'm a Christian, deliverance minister, and exorcist. You had some demons in you. Oh, yeah. Mental illness. Oh, mental illness. I had a big spider that appeared out of nowhere in my closet, about 10, 10 inches long, sent by Satan, of course. A demon is a spirit. They can whisper in their ears, and it comes across as thoughts. America's possessed by evil spirits. So you too. I have a demon, too? Oh, yeah. Make eye contact with me right now. Sin is the open door. Okay. Why do you have anger okay. then Can in you, view of God? Would you let me answer? And which anger do you have? If somebody steps on my toe, man, that one is not going to be a godly anger. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> so you serve two gods. In Jesus' name. watching the fallen state we need your continued support donate to my nonprofit here subscribe and like the videos here and tell everybody and their mama about the show
Despite the fact that you're willing to sit down and discuss these things, that's what, we used to be that way in this country. I know. That's, and I, I was hoping you would bring that up because that's something I'd like to talk about. We're so entrenched. We're so divided. Yeah. Uh, and this is on both sides. I've seen so many people on both sides of the equation.